The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, the beast herself, Tammy the Underdog. Underwood, say good morning, Tam Tam. Good morning, everybody. And, of course, on the phone, we got Todd the Killer Colip. Good morning, buddy. Good morning. All right, so we're going to be diving in and talking about the uh, the Moscow murders uh, there in Idaho. And I can never remember the guy's name, nor can I pronounce his last Brian name. Brian Koberger. That's it. Uh, hamburger, Koberger, whatever the fuck his name is. I don't know his name. Are I don't you, care to you know. Go over there? You yeah, fucking, I'm here. You're fucking around on your phone? I was fucking Man, around on my phone. Fucking masturbating? I don't know what the hell you're doing. Jesus no, H. Christ. No, I couldn't I do that over here. I'm a fucking pop Anyways, I didn't really pull a whole article together, but I did pull an article... Uh, from the independent UK that talks about what to know about what we know about the Idaho murders thus far. And I believe it's, you know, it's actually a very recent article. So I kind of want to go over it and talk about this because um, there's a lot of things that people don't understand about this case. Um, so the... Um, the murder of four college students in the quiet town of Moscow, Idaho, last November unraveled a months-long investigation that's actually now headed to trial. All of the victims were students of the University of Idaho, and they were ambushed in their rooms in this house and stabbed to death with a military-style knife that has yet to be found. That's important. And police were that's called... Not an, that's not an ambush. Well... That's how they're describing it. Wasn't my word. It's the media. It's, it's the mainstream media. We just right. got to fucking chalk it up to that. That's fucking. They're the same ones. Yeah, that's not an ambush, though. Yeah, they're yeah. the same ones that call me a skinhead. But yeah, there you go. Uh, that's uh, affirmative female inmate. I knew you were going to do that. Did you do the whole finger, too? <laughs> like that? Yeah. The missing finger, actually. Yeah, that's what I did. See that? Yeah. My missing the finger. missing finger. Negative female inmate. People need to know. <laughs> I wonder if he's still an officer. That'd be so funny. But Anyways. not a gentleman. <laughs> so the police were actually, <laughs> the police were actually called to the scene at the off-campus residence eight hours after the attack. Then for weeks, all we could get were scant details. Remember that, Scott? We're like, why aren't we hearing anything? Right. And they talked about, oh, there was a stalker, but nobody could, like, show evidence of a stalker. You know, there were no, like, social media, no, like, phone calls, no text messages, no random gifts, nothing to indicate there was actually a stalker. Just a little hearsay saying, well, Brian asked her out, and she said no. That's the only thing that ever surfaced. Yeah. Well, and then, um, oh, where were we? So that changed in December. Huh? The fact that you have, the fact that you have three extremely attractive women and, let's face it, an extremely attractive guy all living in a house with two others. I imagine you had stalkers left and right going, oh, shit, gee, the hotties living over there. That doesn't mean anything else came from this. People were going to check them out. And well, everybody yeah. in hindsight always everybody in hindsight always thinks they know everything. 
You know, that Tuesday morning quarterbacking happens a lot. Right. You know? And, you know, and Scott and I talked about the pictures of these girls. They were beautiful, young women. They're going to have people looking at them. I'm just saying. I would have. Like, I'd be honest, man. I'd be like, God damn, I would bang Dude, her like an old I screen door. I was driving down the road with your son one day, and we happened to be stopped at a stoplight, and I looked over, and this woman, I swear to you, I go, oh, my God, she's got nice boobs. And your son says to me, oh, you can't move so I can see him? No. <laughs> Why should I? <laughs> Those boobs are all mine for viewing That's right great. now, motherfucker. People, people don't understand. I'm a woman who appreciates another woman's body. There Sometimes you go. I like to feel like a natural woman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that I'm all... thinking top topless topless girl brand. <laughs> you know what? He actually proposed that to my mom and my sister when he talked to us on the phone when I was in Iowa. That doesn't shock me. I did. And don't forget the DoorDash delivery girl. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I got a tip for you, baby. I got a tip <laughs> for you. <laughs> now it ain't no twenty. It ain't no twenty percent. <laughs> You're horrible. I must choke on my coffee. <laughs> wow, it's the only thing you've ever choked on. <laughs> you didn't say it, I was. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so in December, the police arrested a Washington State University student by the name of Brian Koberger. Then they searched his apartment, office, and family home for evidence. Now, granted, more information has become public. Due to Freedom of Information Acts with the release of search warrants, arrest records in recent months. But there's still a gag order on the case. So most aspects mm -hmm. and its findings are mysteries. There's still a lot not being said. In May, a grand yep. jury indicted Koberger on four counts of first-degree murder and one burglary charge, effectively rewriting the case directly to the state's felony court level and allowing prosecutors to skip the preliminary hearing process. So after months of unanswered questions, grieving relatives faced their, their children's accused mur murderer in court. Only Mr. Koberger refused to enter a plea on murder charges. Prosecutors have now announced their intentions to seek the death penalty in this case. Now, how did the stabbings unfold? This is what we know from what they've been able to gather. Um... On November 13th, Kaylee Goncalves, Madison Mogan, Zaina Kernodal, and Ethan Chapin were stabbed to death in the young woman's rental home on King Road. Um, Chapin was Kernodal's boyfriend, and he was staying at the house that night, which is just a few minutes' walk from campus on the night of the murders. Now, according to an affidavit for the arrest, the killings were believed to have taken place around 4 a.m., among the revelations in the 18-page document is that his touch DNA was found on a knife sheath that the killer left behind at the crime scene. Now, that's important. Touch DNA. Not like blood or fingerprints or like, you know, oils from your skin or anything like that. Touch DNA. Um... The tan leather carver sheath, which featured the U.S. Marine Corps symbol, was discovered on Mogan's bed next to her body. At the time of the homicide, the two other roommates, Bethany, I, I'm hoping it's Funky or Funk, F-U-N-K-E, and Dylan Mortensen were inside the home, but they were left unharmed. And the police report reveals that Mortensen came face-to-face -face with a mass killer. Now, 
I don't necessarily believe that because why didn't the killer kill him too? Because you never leave a witness behind, right? I guess that's for me, right? Yeah, I'm asking you. Yeah, because Scott's uh, not a, yeah, he's I, away I, from the co- computer right now. Okay, if I can help it, no, and uh, or you arrange to make sure that you do it in a way that you don't have witness there to begin with, right? So, but according to Mortensen's testimony, ter- uh, her account, she had gone to sleep in her bedroom on the second floor of the three-floor house and was woken by the sound. Um, what she thought was Goncalves playing with her dog in one of the third-floor bedrooms. She told investigators she was in her bedroom on the second floor of the home, the same floor where Kernodal and Chapin were killed, and was standing in the doorway as the killer walked right past her. A short time later, she said that she heard someone she heard someone believed to be either Goncalves or Kernodal say, there's someone here. Now, minutes later, she said that she looked out of her bedroom for the first time but didn't see anything. She then opened her door for a second time when she heard what she thought was crying from Kernodal's room. At that point, she said she heard a man's voice saying, it's okay, I'm going to help you. When she opened her door for a third time, she said she saw a figure clad in black clothing and a mask that covered his mouth and nose walking towards her as she she said she stood in frozen shock she said the man who she did not recognize walked past her and headed toward the back sliding glass door of the home she then locked herself in her room now despite the close, yeah so despite the close encounter a 911 call wasn't made until 11:58 a.m. Eight hours later. That's why I'm saying this is bullshit. Because I'm sorry, if you see a masked man in your house and you lock yourself in your room, you have your cell phone. You call 911. You don't just sit there and cower, fear, and hope to God somebody comes, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the, the call was actually made from one of the surviving roommate's cell phone. And they report reported, quote, an unconscious individual. And it's unclear if the killer saw her or whether she simply had a lucky escape because he didn't notice her inside the dark home. Now, but like I said, I don't believe that account fully. I And I'm sorry. I don't believe it at all. You know, I like I if said, she, I'm sorry, she, but I don't believe If it. she can see him, he can see her. Yeah. He's also already used, he's already used to the darkness because he's been in it. She just got up. Right. I don't, I don't buy that. No woman's going to see a guy in, a, in all black or a mask or someone in the house or you think you hear something. you got six people living in a house. Right. Okay. Two, girl, two girls are in one room doing whatever they're doing. A guy and a girl in the room doing whatever they're doing. And then two women, other women, the, or a man and a woman in separate bedrooms. Right. Okay, but for, for you to assume that he, she's playing with her dog is bullshit. Let's face it, we got a bunch of college kids in there. You're going to assume that she's having sex with somebody, and nobody gives a shit. But, I mean, the fact is, I wouldn't assume the dog at all, right. uh, especially that time of there. If you see someone coming in the house and walking by, I ain't buying that shit. That story is fishy as hell. Right. She's going to call the cops. Exactly. First of all, he wouldn't leave you there, you know, because this raises a question about whether or not he planned to kill all four or some were just collateral damage. But even if they were collateral damage, if she sees him, he obviously sees her and he's not going to leave her behind to call anybody or anything. 
Because if he stalked now, her, if a... he was, in fact, the stalker, he would know how many people were in that house. Period. He would yes. know. Yes. So there's he that, would. too. And if she saw him, he saw her. The thing is, I, I mean, I have, I've, I've had knife training, okay? I'm very right. good with a blade. And I'll tell you, I could not have done that. Okay. okay? Right. If you're, if, you're, if you're confident enough, first of all, to kill four people, right. what, the hell's, what, what the hell's with another one or two? You just killed four people with a blade. Without right. anybody screaming, yelling, waking yeah, up, Yeah, that was my next point right there, yeah. Because, you know, the two girls who were found dead were found in the same room and everything. So you yeah. know that if he's stabbing one, the other one's going to wake up. I'm sorry, it's going to happen. And they're going to scream. That isn't going to alert the other he... four people in the house that something the fuck is wrong. And then he's going to okay, go to well... another bedroom on another floor and kill a man and a woman in a bed together. One of those is going to wake up. They're going to scream, or the man's going to fight back, right? And then well, to walk by, to... yeah, it just doesn't add up to me. Okay, when you, unlike TV, okay, when you kill someone with a blade, first of all, you don't stab them in the kidney, and they just suddenly fall over dead, okay? Right. Unless you know where to get you know, the, the, the brain stem, the back of the head, uh, underneath the underneath the ear with a nice pick in the right direction and know where to actually go, you're not going to have an instant non-reflex kill. Okay? Exactly. The human, bo- the human body is going to do the floppy chicken. Blood is going to go everywhere. And if you're not very skilled at it, which let's face it, this is a, 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 a criminal justice st- student slash professor. Yeah. Yeah, he knows, the, he, know, he knows about, you know, people killing each other. But I very seriously doubt this man knows how to make the proper cuts and where and how, okay, right. and how to approach, okay. You go, you go, you go to stab one person in a room. Let's just just to walk it through. You stab the first person. I don't care. You you got a knife. You're gonna be you're gonna be. I'm gonna assume trying to be in a hurry because you got two people in the same bed. Right. At no time when you start stabbing the first one, blood goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're going to slip and slide. I mean, when I did it the first time, I mean, I fell on my ass damn near on, on, on a parking lot because the blood went everywhere, and I went, oh, shit. You're talking about a bedroom. Blood's going to go. Arterial spray is no joke. Right. It's going to go everywhere, okay? you got a, you've got a body that's moving rapidly. You're going to have DNA, hair, spit. Because trust me, the body's going to try to survive. Right. It doesn't go lightly. Right. Then you got someone else in bed. Then you got someone in bed next to you, who even if they're drunk or waking up, you still got to control them. Now they're all of a sudden freaking out. You right. got a body jumping, jumping around because it's going through blood loss and it's it's doing the, the the reaction. That all makes noise. But let's say you were just double badass. Okay. You knife one. You knife the other one. You keep these were these were done with repeated stabbings, and a K bar. It's a serious place, okay? That that's not a that that's a, that's a major piece of piece of steel. Right. That takes power to use that in in, in this regard, okay? Okay. Coburn could do that. He's got the, he's got the upper body strength, okay? He's no little guy. He could do it. But now you have struggled with two people because you're, you're trying to kill two people in one room. Even if you did that without making a noise, which I don't think I could, and I've actually done it before. 
and then right. you gotta get, get away quietly. But then to go to the next room and do it to another couple, I mean, the odds just don't play for you. Now you gotta kill two other people, all while people in the other part of the house. This lady says she thought she heard the girl playing with her dog or having sex or whatever the hell else it was. Right. But I'm going to tell you, when you start stabbing somebody, people make a lot of noise. People grunt. People fart. People scream. That screaming shit tends to be the universal, oh, fuck, something's going on here. Okay? Right. And you've got a lot of of motivation to scream your ass off when somebody's plunging a damn, you know, 10-inch blade into your, into your, whoever is in bed with you. Right. Um, that's a major, that's a major issue. Uh, I'm not entirely sure he did it by himself. To me, I'm thinking two people, automatically two people. I don't see how you you handle two people in a room that quickly. Uh, this is not a this is not a Steven Seagal movie, okay? Why? It just doesn't go down. It doesn't go down that way. Knife fights are over with very quickly, but this wasn't a knife fight. This was anger. This is stabbing. I'm mad at you for something, and I'm taking it out on you with a blade. That's personal. Why? The blade is personal. Right. And then they find they they find they find touch DNA on a sheath. That sheath could have came from anywhere. I mean, his first defense is going to be coming back saying, "Oh, yeah, I have a bunch of knives, but somebody might have stole one of my knives." Yeah, well, I own a knife. Touch DNA. It's important to note too is transferable. By the way, you know. Yeah. So that is all transferable. It doesn't mean he actually touched the sheath himself. Just saying. You know, but if I buy a knife, I buy a knife. I throw it in the trunk of my car. I mean, I got knives all over my car, glove right. compartment, in between the back of the car. I wasn't going to stab anybody with any of them. But all of a sudden, you buy a knife, and all of a sudden, someone steals it, or the guy who you know, you go to have your oil change, and the guy's saying, "Oh, that's kind of cool," and they run off with it. You don't know it's gone. The fact is, he was he he was a, he was at a college campus with a lot of kids who could have turned back around and stole it, touched it. It, it, to, right. to write that off as DNA, it's not like you found his blood, his exactly, spit, exactly, actual hair there. No sweat. It comes no, from other nothing. people. Yeah. But you've got another couple. You got another couple. Another couple in this house that weren't touched, who supposedly saw him but weren't touched. Didn't, and didn't raise call, the alarm. Yeah, didn't call anybody for nine hours. Yeah, I think now I don't. We now we don't know everything. Okay, we there don't. could be a lot of evidence they have that they're they're not showing, and they're not going to show it to us, right? Because they want to make damn sure that it comes out as a surprise that it doesn't give the defense an automatic. I mean, the discovery they're going to get the evidence because discovery right. requires you give it up. Yeah, exactly. For that's, yeah, discovery it's federal law now. Yeah. But they're, but they're going to try to, to figure out how to write that off. Writing off touch DNA on a sheath is easy as hell. Right. There's no blood. Right. There's there's nothing else. You, you caught the guy in the area weeks before with his dad. Actually, they caught him in Pennsylvania. He wasn't nowhere near the area. Yeah. So. Okay, well, he's in Pennsylvania with his dad. Right. I very seriously doubt his dad went on a kill spree with him. Right. Uh, clearly, when he gets pulled over, he's like uh, like anybody else who gets pulled over by Highway Patrol. 
okay, I'm really kind of nervous. I don't want to get a ticket. I don't know. I mean, he, he is a college, goes to college. We really can't afford. I mean, you can lose your, lose your teaching drop of a hat and even a, a question that you break in the law. Right. Um, I'm not entirely sure he did it at all. Right. And if, and if he did, I definitely think he had help. Right. And I still think the biggest thing, they deserve to look at these two other people, two other people, who they broke up with, who was jealous. Maybe somebody right. got the wrong girl. But for you to kill three girls and one guy, that's rage. That's focused rage. Right. I'm pissed at you for something. Right. Where's the connection? Well, see, and that's just it, is the affidavit reveals detail, no details about what connection, if any, Kober had to his alleged victims. Now, he did, he was a criminal justice PhD student at Washington State University, which is just 15 minutes from where the victims over the Idaho-Washington border in Pullman, yep. having moved there to begin the academic program in 2022. Now, here's the victims. We're going to break down the victims for a minute. And there's an important note here in a second. That Goncalves and Mogan, both 21, were seniors at the University of Idaho, and they were expected to graduate this year. At a vigil, Goncalves' father told how the two had been absolutely beautiful young women. They were pretty young, 21-year-old, blonde very, like, petite, very beautiful women, okay? Now, he said yes. that they were inseparable when they first met in sixth grade. And they just found each other, and every day they did homework together. They came to our house together. They shared everything. Then they started looking at colleges, and they went to Idaho together. They eventually got into the right. same apartment together. And then he goes, in the end, they died together in the same bedroom in the same bed. Now, Canodal and Chapin, the boyfriend and girlfriend were juniors and had begun dating months before. Now, it's believed that they were awake at the time the stabbings were carried out, which tells you that there's no way one of them wouldn't have fought back or screamed. Right? Yes. So, six months after the stabbings, the families actually received posthumous awards for their achievements. Um... Mogan and Gallen Collins' relatives were able to walk the stage for their degrees in an emotional ceremony, while Kernodal's family accepted her certificate in marketing at a separate ceremony, and Chapin's award was in sports and recreation and management um, was mailed to his parents. Now, let's talk about Koberger. At the time of the murders, Mr. Co uh, Brian Koberger was studying for his Ph.D. and working as a teaching assistant in criminal justice. Prior to this, he studied criminology at DeSales University, first as an undergraduate and then finishing his graduate studies in June. According to online school records, he received an associate of arts degree in, 2020, in 2018 from Northampton Community College in Albrightsville and received a master's degree in criminal justice from DeSales University. Now, check this out. He studied under a renowned forensic psychologist, Catherine Ramsland, Scott, which Scott and I do not like her because she's she like doesn't look when she like talks about serial killers and stuff. She like will not talk about their past or anything. She just talks about the incident and that's exactly who they are in that moment. <clears throat> now, he was also working part time as a security guard until August of 2021 at the Pleasant Valley School District where his mother was listed as a paraprofessional. The alleged murder carried out a research 
he carried out a research project to understand how emotions and psycho psychological traits influence decision making when committing a crime. He reached out to a potential participant on Reddit with the chilling survey resurfacing after his arrest. Um, according to the post, in particular, this study seeks to understand the story behind your most recent criminal offense with an emphasis on your thoughts and feelings throughout your experience, which I don't find that alarming if he's a criminology student, right? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is nothing like chilling about that to me. His fascination. I would imagine. Continued I would imagine. Murders. Uh, huh? I, I would imagine most of your FBI criminal uh, profilers have taken these exact same classes, have killed absolutely nobody, and, and they the are fascinated question. with these. Are, yeah, these are these are criminal justice people. In order to be a criminal justice person, either pro, for, against, or whatever, you have to understand what you're dealing with in statistics and actual cause and effect. Right, you have to know what's going on. Right, and these people are all taking these classes. Otherwise. What good are you as a teacher's aide? What good are you? I mean, even if, right. if you, even your profilers, they take these classes. That does not make them a killer. Exactly. That makes them the fact that they're going to be good. They're going to be hopefully good at their job because they know, they know more about it. Right. That doesn't say anything to me negatively. Right. And then another affidavit appeared also that said that he applied for an internship in the fall of 2022 with the Pullman Police Department and actually wrote an essay in his application stating that he had an interest in, quote, assisting rural law enforcement agencies with how to better collect and analyze technological data in public safety operations. Now, people are saying this was a red flag. But again, he's a criminology student. He's studying to get his Ph.D. Obviously, he has an interest in law enforcement. There's nothing indicating that all of that was a red flag that he was going to commit murder. Nothing. So. Well, it, he, 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 he obviously he has something to offer. He's taken the classes. He has an interest. It's like, you know, would you want to hire an accountant who never had, had interest in, in numbers? Right. I mean. The guy knows about this. He's trying to help law enforcement. That's not a red flag. That's somebody, I mean, if, if he wanted to know absolutely nothing to collect a paycheck, he would have been a politician. Right. Exactly. That's not a red flag for me at all. I mean, do people intersect themselves in the police to get around it? Sometimes. Do people get involved in the subject? But, hell, you got people out there who are listeners. Right. They're all interested in true crime. Yet how many of those who are listening... Are going to go out today and drown or, or stab or, or, or strangle somebody? I'm willing to bet right. zero. Right. Thing. Well, no, I agree with you. Now, um, let's see here. I, this is—it's hard to read the freaking handwriting of this police officer. But according to an affidavit, uh, after weeks of no updates on the investigation. <clears throat> Idaho law enforcement officials announced that Mr. that Brian was arrested on December 30th and a search warrant was a, was ex executed on his apartment in Washington. Now, a record of evidence in, recovered during the apartment search revealed seizure of 15 items including hairs, receipts, computer tower, disposable gloves, and item with peculiar stains. In the search warrant record, investigators listed several items, including cuttings of a mattress cover, 
with a reddish brown stain on an uncovered pillow and a collection of dark red spots. Um, Dr. Monte okay. Miller, a former crime scene investigator and forensic expert, and an FBI agent by the name of Jennifer Coffinaffer, what a name, told the, this newspaper that back in January that investigators most likely believed those items were blood stains, which is possible. Um, now, I've... with the items, they recovered one knife, a book okay. with underlining on page 118, they don't say what it is, an AT&T bill for Brian Koberger, um, uh, a Glock 22 Gen 5 40 caliber, uh, a five mil no, a Smith and Wesson pocket knife, a folder containing vehicle paperwork, an Acer laptop model, blah, blah, blah. Um, green leafy substance in green container, probably marijuana. Um, various okay. documents, a green leafy substance in a plastic bag. Again, probably marijuana, but let us be real here. Marijuana is legal in Washington. Okay. Um, a white paper with a password. A power cable, a cell phone, three Glock 40 caliber magazines, empty, various books, yeah. black face mask. Okay, he lives in Washington. He could be going skiing. Just saying. Um, prescriptions, black gloves, and one black hat with a black mask. That's what it says. Okay? Yeah. None of this to me says anything. Um now, according to Dr. Miller, quote, a reddish or brown stain is a euphemism for we found something that looks like blood. It might be blood from the victims, might be his blood. They don't know until they test it, but they'll be able to get DNA if it is blood. We don't know what the stains in the cover sheets look like, but again, they're looking for any kind of DNA evidence that might have come from the crime scene. Now, she all, Mrs. Coffindaffer added, um, they don't call it blood, but it's definitely inferred that it's blood, which is true. But still, these are found on his you mattress got, and pillow. You, it doesn't mean it came from the victim. Exactly. It doesn't mean it came from the victims. He you, didn't kill talking, anybody in his apartment. You're talking about a fairly, I mean, to somebody, he's good looking. Okay. To oh, somebody, yeah. everybody's good looking. Okay. You've got a good looking person who's in a position of power. He is teaching at a university. Okay. Now, I went back to college when I was in my early 30s and to my mid-30s to get my degree and my business degree. And I cannot tell you how grateful I am of how many 21-year-old, brand-new, uh, just, I mean, these people, these, these, these gorgeous girls, they graduate high school, they come to college, they're away from their family for the first time, Daddy's not over, over watching every goddamn thing they're doing and ready to you know, bust, you in the, bust you in the head, and all of a sudden they want to experience this thing called sex. And I will tell you from my time in college, being the older guy, that I saved a lot of women from dragons and sacrifices. My mattresses had blood stains all over the damn thing. I had to constantly get dry cleaned and have them cleaned because you know, they want to they lose their virginity, and I say thank you. Right. Now, if they find out the odds of that blood being tied back to a murder scene mm -hmm. in Idaho are... are, are 
It ain't going to happen. Now, did he right. kill somebody? They'll be able to sample the blood and tell if it's... If it, it, they'll be able to ta- sample the blood. I mean, it, you're going to figure out something, okay? Right. But odds are, odds are, that's not what that is. Okay, he either had rough sex or he had it with a virgin. It's not that big of a deal. You're in college. Right. There's a lot of experimenting going on, and the older guys get a hell of a lot more play than the damn frat boys ever thought of. Right, you and let's, let's face it, the blood on the pillow, if it was blood on the pillow, could have been from a nosebleed. I've had nosebleeds in the middle of the night. Not going to lie. It happens, you know. So you have all that. So another item included... Um, on the list of seizures was a possible animal hair strand. Now it does. They don't know if he had a pet, or but one of his victims, Gun Calvis, had a dog that was at home at, at the time of the murders yeah. and was later found by police responding to the scene. Now I want to point out here: the dog was locked in another room. I know my dog, and if I my dog was locked in another room and he thought I was in danger, he would do whatever he could he would bark he would claw he would do anything to get out of that room to get to me okay so i i mean nothing indicates that this dog was in distress at all nothing you know so obviously there wasn't to me that says there wasn't a stranger in the house you know what i mean i agree so i mean i'm just pointing that out too but there's too many Unanswered questions that point Whoever, to him not being a killer. I mean, him not being the killer. It, in my opinion, whoever did that knew those people, mm-hmm. knew that building's layout. The dog did not feel threatened by it. Yes. Okay. Although, although if the dog smells blood, the dog's going to go batshit anyhow. Okay. Right. Um. Somebody knew that. Now, if that dog's hair matches. That may say something, but here comes the other problem. Right. I'm not trying to just give this guy. I'm not trying to give this guy an alibi because I'm gonna tell you if he, if he killed killed those people, I mean, it, it, it's bacon time. Sizzle his ass, okay? Right. I ain't into that crap. If you're not doing something to me, I don't want to do nothing to you. Now let's get off of me on this case, but I mean, for you to do this, that that hair those those officers were all over the place. It is mm-hmm. easily done with possible possibly if it's just a hair. Right. That one of the people who were searching found the hair that came off of them. That's true. Now too. if it's a bunch of hair. If it's if it's if it's blood on your clothes, if it's actually on that, that says something different. Okay. I'm right. not saying the cops are incompetent, okay, but they have to look at all possibilities when it's such a small, right. small, small trace. And I sh- and I sure they that they are doing that. Okay. Right. Well, I can't he, see him by himself. I don't think I'm not. I, I, I'm not entirely believe he did it. I think. I mean, being a criminal justice student or a teacher is not a criminal. Matter of fact, you want them to understand that because then they can do their job better. Right. They understand because I mean, what's the point? Would you, would you hire a brain surgeon who, you know, never took a class in you know anatomy? Right. Not so much. Right. Um. Now somebody knew that. I don't. I, I don't. I don't see the tie-in between him and them. Well, and that's just. I mean, because um, I will point out here, it's not in this article, but I've been doing some because I belong to two groups on Facebook about these murders, and some uh-huh. of these officers involved in the Moscow case have been have been charged with misconduct as well. 
not necessarily related to this case, but there's that possible, you know, there's that question there about misconduct. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Because if you're yep. committing misconduct in one case, who's to say you're not committing it in another? You know? Because what misconduct is. I mean, were they playing grab ass? Did they steal something there? Well, did they speak yeah. out? Of, did they speak out? Of, did they speak out of class? I mean, a lot of that can be going on, or just not doing your job worth the shit. Right. Then again, it could be just simply if, if somebody spoke about a case that they shouldn't have spoke about, and they weren't meaning harm, but, I mean, right? It, it's not that big of a deal, but they have to reprimand them anyhow. Right. I mean, unless you know what it is the reprimands were for, it's kind of hard to speculate. Um, you know, cops make mistakes. Right. You know, they also try their best to do their damn job. And I mean, you get some really, really good ones and you get some really shitty ones, just like anything else in life. Right. Now here's the thing. Here's another thing too, that his, he, he supposedly also linked to the crime through cell phone records and his white Hyundai Elantra, a similar model of car seen near the murder, murder home around the time of the murders. Now I want to point this out. Cell phone records, they might mean something, but he was a DoorDash driver also. So he could have been in that area. And then they're saying the white Honey Elantra, which a similar model was seen on surveillance footage in the area. It's common as fuck. But not just that, is that the white Honey Elantra seen on the surveillance footage clearly has a sunroof and his car does not. You know? It's not his. Exactly. But everybody's saying, oh, no, it's his. Now, um, now, what we, need, what we don't know, though, this is what we don't know. No murder weapon has ever been found. Police said before the gag order was issued following his arrest. Now, it is not known if he personally knew one or more of the victims and whether the attack was carried out instead of jealousy or rage. No, no motive is known. They refused to reveal who made the 911 call and will not release the audio. It's unclear what, room, what the roommates and, quote, other friends discussed in the call and what led them to describe a victim as merely unconscious. Investigators have not revealed whether they believe the killer entered the house before the victims arrived home and hid before striking them in their sleep or whether he entered the house after they returned. Now, he was indicted by a grand jury. So, a preliminary hearing where prosecutors have to show a judge whether that there's enough evidence to justify moving forward with charges of burglary and murder was previously scheduled for June 26. However, on May 16th, a grand jury indicted him on the same charges, which effectively rerouted the case. They didn't have to show that they had that evidence, right? Um, you can also, they can also, and the old saying is, I mean, they can indict a ham sandwich. I mean, an indictment doesn't really mean shit. True. It's not, it's not proof. It's nothing conclusive. It's nothing. It's just like, we think let's explore further. That's all it means. Right. And it could be based off circumstantial evidence too. Let's just throw that out there. They have indicted people on a buttload of circumstantial evidence multiple times and just like swing for the fence and hope they get a conviction. So, according to the indictment, he is charged with four counts of murder in the first degree and one count of burglary. Each murder count states that he, quote, did willfully, unlawfully, deliberately, with premeditation and with malice, aforethought, kill and murder each of his victims by stabbing. On May 22nd, he refused to enter a plea in the district court, which is attorney saying that he was, quote, standing silent on the charges. The response prompted yep. the judge to enter a not guilty plea on his behalf, setting the stage for a trial in which he could potentially face a death penalty. 
Um, now, it also emerged that Mr. that Brian Koberger's parents had been ordered to testify before a grand jury in the family's home state of Pennsylvania in the case of a woman found dead almost a year after her sudden disappearance. Now, CNN first reported the news on Wednesday, May 24, citing a source who said the accused killer's mother had already given evidence to the grand jury while his father would appear in court on the 25th. The information can be shared with Idaho. That information can ultimately be shared with Idaho prosecutors. The investigation is said to be about the disappearance and death of a 45-year-old woman named Dana Smithers. Smithers vanished without a trace in May of 22 from Monroe County, Pennsylvania, where Brian was living at the time, and her remains were found last month in a wooded area. Now, that is a total different M.O. than the college murders. I think they are reaching and shotgunning this guy. Right. For no, I mean, when I, was a chi- when I was a child, there was a 14-year-old girl in my apartment complex that was viciously raped and murdered just a few buildings down from me. And she went to my school. Right. I actually never knew her. I never knew her. The maintenance guy, they, they proved the maintenance guy. They came around and cut all the carpet. Anyway, they, they, they proved he did it. He finally admitted to it, and he's on death row, and I hope that he sizzles. Um, you have this kind of stuff. but I mean, they're shotgunning different, different – just because you're there in the same town, area, doesn't mean you did it. People die. People also – there's a lot of things called other killers. Right now, maybe he did. Maybe he did one. These are different mo's, different situations. I think they're just throwing and throwing and throwing a lot of what if, a lot of what if. What if is actually more dangerous to the case because you start throwing these what ifs. People get very confused, and they either convict him because that you heard something that the before you ever got to trial, or they let him go because it's so total bullshit. We don't focus on the real facts. Right. Or worse, you let a you let a killer go free while you fry this little, fry this dude who who honestly I get his point of staying silent because he's pissed off, he's been a criminal justice student, he's been involved in this his whole life, and now yeah. the system, if he is innocent, the whole system just turned on his ass and all of a sudden it's out to get his ass right. and he's pissed off that okay, I'm not gonna say I'm not guilty, I'm not say shit. The fact is you don't deserve me even answering, for me to even sit up and say shit to you because no matter what I say, you're not going to believe it anyhow. Let the ju- let let the attorney speak. I got nothing to say. I can understand that. Yeah, me too. Me too. One hundred. I mean, yeah. and we always say, don't say shit. You know, go to court. Don't say shit. Let your attorney speak for you. You know. They almost had to pay me to. Sh- they almost had to pay me to shut up. <laughs> you know what? That's what Scott says too. So, um, recent court filings uh, say Brian Koberger's attorneys have asked the court to order prosecutors to turn over more evidence about the DNA that supposedly ties him to the crime scene, as well as information about the grand jury, which returned the indictment against him. So, according to this, his attorneys don't even have this information yet. Now, in one filing submitted just, you know... In early June, in late June, the accused killer insisted he has no connection to the floor, the four students, and claimed that there was DNA from three other unidentified men also found at the crime uh-huh. scene. So that throws into question, you know, hey, his the only DNA of his found at the crime scene was touch DNA. 
Now, this other DNA, alleged DNA, you know, what kind of DNA is that? Is it semen DNA, sweat DNA, blood DNA? Nobody knows. I've left my DNA in a lot of places. Oh, my now I'm God. Here we go. Now, I want to point out something, though. Even if they find this guy innocent, okay, and they say, hey, you're acquitted uh-huh. of all charges. His they, reputation's ruined. They have fucked his life. Because think about Guys, what is he? He's a criminal justice major. So he's going to yeah. go apply for jobs, and they're going to see his name. Isn't that the guy who got accused of killing those Well, those, we ran those, across those that in the Danny Rowling case. Remember, they accused that one student of doing the crimes? Oh, yeah. And it totally ruined his reputation. He was found innocent. He was released from jail, you know, because they arrested Danny, who admitted to the crimes. This guy was released from jail, and he was a pariah. Yeah. Didn't matter. He didn't do shit wrong. Nothing. And what what explains, once again, not trying to give this guy an alibi here, okay, but what explains all the, t- the, the, the the little touch DNA they think they have? You know, this guy was a teacher at another college. Exactly. Criminal justice. What's to say one of those students is a little fucking batshit? Maybe he wants to get a little bit more involved in, in criminal justice and crime than you think. And all of a sudden, he's got access to the DNA. Touch DNA, I mean, classroom happens every five seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, let's face it, if there's blood or, or semen laying around, that's a whole other level, okay? But touch, a hair, one or two little stuff like that, especially if you only got one, dude, that yeah. can come from anywhere. This is a DoorDash guy. I mean, my God, he delivers your friggin' pizza and your hamburger, That, and also right. when dude takes the, the, the package to eat with his friends, you can wipe that DNA off. I mean, it's not like he's got a, uh, he skeeted on the fucking wall. There's a bunch of blood out there or a, a hunk of hair. Right. Like somebody pulled the hair out. You right. pull the hair out, that's contact. That's not, that's not happenstance. That shit happened there with, with you pulling out follicles. But you find a hair or, 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 or uh, um, there's too many ways that that could happen with other students, <laughs> other classes. I ain't buying it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, let's talk about when, when, like, Todd and I were in college. What happens when you walk into the classroom? Well, somebody's already sat in that desk before we ever got there, right? So now we're touching, and our books and our, our papers and everything like that are, are sitting on this desk. So it's getting that transfer uh-huh. DNA, that touch DNA. And then maybe you walk and you talk to Mr. Smith, your teacher, because you have a question. And you put your hand on his yep. desk. Well, now you just transferred more DNA which is mixed up with everybody else's DNA on every, everything. Every, think about how many people that you shake hands with every day or maybe bump into or, you know, uh, just in the grocery store, you pick up a, a, a bottle of lemonade and you go, hey, man, I want to see what the sugar content is. Fucking 50 people probably already grabbed that thing wondering the same goddamn thing or they grabbed it and put it back. Everybody's got their touch DNA everywhere. So to try to accuse this guy on that shit, that's some bullshit, man. That's some Keystone cop this shit. Is minor, this is minor shit, okay? You found a touch DNA on a sheath, but no knife, no blood, no, no hunk of hair where someone pulled it out, no skin, no semen, <clears throat> no video. The car has a, suddenly has a, sun, a disappearing sunroof. Um... He's a DoorDash driver, for God's sakes. I mean, hell, that could explain a million different ways that he touched somebody else who happened to go in the house. I mean, right. it's DoorDash, people. It's DoorDash. You know, 
Now, if it was that ding dong drizzly bitch, now that'd be a whole other subject. But <laughs> I mean, come on, it's DoorDash. I mean, people do like Uber drivers. Right. You know, these are people who are in contact with everybody and anything while they rapidly pick up food and haul it to you. Right. Or your friend. Or you found or the or the thing went in the fridge and then you and then your friend takes the takes the, 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 the leftovers out of the fridge. These are college students. Right. Who the hell doesn't raid the fridge for your for your friend's leftover tacos and hamburgers? Shit, I raid friend's fridge all the time for leftovers. No, it's fucking facts, man. Yeah. Like when, when you're close to somebody, like if I if I'm over at freaking like Phil's house or or, or Brandon's or something like that, and I'm feeling munchy munchy, I will straight out tell him, dude, I'm raiding your fucking fridge. So I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna see what the hell he's got to eat, man. Yeah. You know, fucking yeah. You're gonna get your touch DNA everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. That's okay. Well, it is a little creepy. It- Scott, it is a little creepy that you keep trying to reuse my condoms. I'm just telling you, that shit ain't cool. <laughs> oh, you're foul. Now, you're foul. Now, I also want to point <laughs> out right. that... You need Jesus, man. <laughs> I also want to point out something that's not in this article. When I was going over some posts on Facebook, there is actually surveillance evidence, surveillance footage. And r- mind you, all the surveillance footage is from the local ring doorbells. Okay, so it's not very clear. But there is yeah. a diesel work truck or van parked in the area that was out of place and it's said to be seen driving up and down the street multiple times on the night of the murder before it parks a short distance away now scott and i and i told scott today that i'm going to reveal this because we actually believe that this murder is connected to two others that happened here in portland and washington three because you have one in salem too Oh, no, yeah, the one in Portland, Washington, and then the one in Salem. But um, all of those murders actually happened with, you know, what was it, 13 months apart? All of these are 13 months apart to the day and time. Yep. All three of these, Idaho, Salem, Washington, okay? I'm going to have to call back. Call back, buddy. Okay, call back. Bye. All right, boys and girls, and remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you happen to be getting your blogs. Log on to Facebook. Join Citizens of Brutal Nation and the Brutal Nation page. And if you really want to, if you're into Instagram, we got an Instagram page. All that good, snazzy shit, too. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited. Good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. <laughs> this show's copyright 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And if you're hearing this or any part of this on anybody else's show or podcast, they're lying. Thieving bastards. bastards. And we will talk to you guys later on. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.